Hi guys, to all you guys out there, welcome to our first episode of Candid. Joining us here with myself, the host, Mr. H, and we have our uh... <laughs> <laughs> co-host here, uh, Mr. Praveen from uh, Audition Studio here in Chennai. We're going to discuss about hostel architecture in this episode of Candid. Yeah, let's discuss about hostel architecture. Basically, what hostel architecture in my understanding and way was uh, making it a space or a public space unfriendly, unwelcoming or unkind, uh, which is more less used by public, which can't be used by public. Uh, what do you think in your way was hostel architecture and how and when it is started? So, yeah, uh, hostel architecture has been part of the urban spaces as long as... Uh, uh, from even from the 1800s. Uh, so after the in, uh, industrial revolution, rapid urbanization started happening in uh, more and more cities in the in European countries. And uh, this led to a lot of uh, overcrowding and overpopulation in the cities, which in turn caused you know many homeless uh, people uh, using these public spaces as uh, a means to live and uh, just exist. So hostel architecture was kind of like an uh, uh, what do you say a reaction to this uh, overpopulation and overcrowding of spaces so what they basically did this they wanted to stop the loitering and uh, public urination and uh, such uh, practices in the public spaces so they started uh, introducing elements of uh, uh, elements of uh, design that is included in the design to discourage all this, uh, you know, like uh, for example, uh, promoting, uh, uh, you know, a uh, having spikes under bridges, uh, you know, making unfriendly uh, public furniture, and uh, so on and so forth. Speaking about on this topic of rapid urbanization, which you have mentioned, I'm asking a question regarding that how it has affected the native people of the society of, or an area which. Uh, whom have been living for the past generations and what are the negative effects it has caused to the society? So, uh, usually the upper middle class or upper middle class or the elite don't get, the doesn't get that much affected by this uh, urbanization and all this. Uh, usually the people who are living below the poverty line who have been have been the have been the part of this land for uh, many generations. Usually, are get affected the worst. They don't have that much uh, 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 advantage over uh, you know uh, building of huge uh, skyscrapers or uh, uh, building of widening of roads and uh, building the basically the infrastructure of these uh, of the cities uh, doesn't accommodate this kind of uh, this class of people. Uh, they are more uh, marginalized because of uh, this. The this this um, kind of marginalization is shown uh, in a subtle way through uh, the elements of this hostel architecture. The hostel architecture is not something that is kind of um, hidden or anything. It, uh, this the elements of this uh, hostel architecture are actually viewed in plain sight. Um, one of the, uh, the one of the worrying parts of this is as India is becoming more progressed and um, 
more and more uh, metropolitan cities are becoming uh, becoming uh, evolved in india like chennai mumbai delhi kolkata and all that uh, the, these uh, ideologies of hostile architecture are, are uh, more and more prevalent in becoming more and more prevalent in uh, indian cities uh, in indian cities uh, how does the hostile architecture is applied and implemented in indian context and uh, how it has changed the metropolitan cities as you have mentioned uh, delhi chennai bangalore how how it has uh, does it does it gave some positive impact or in uh, in how it is evolving in cities okay yeah so for but in an indian context it is kind of uh, different for example like uh you know in uh, european countries uh, uh, you know major public spaces are uh, uh, are having this kind of uh, spikes under the bridges making the public's uh, urban furniture very uncomfortable for them to sleep on you can just uh, maybe uh, sit on it for a while but you can't really sleep on it after like that but uh, in a, um, in the indian context it's very much uh, on a social economic stand point of view uh, for example like uh, if you go to any po- any posh area in the city uh, you can't find uh, um, any pl- any places uh, uh, where you can uh, actually uh, walk freely or uh, you can you can't even just stand here in these places for example they are uh, they are using like uh, excessive uh, uh, monitoring like uh, using cctv cameras and uh, even security guards and all that they wanted to uh, project this place as very immaculate uh, the, the people from the uh, uh, upper class or upper middle class people uh, they don't want to see uh, see even the uh, plight of the normal people uh, the street vendors are not encouraged uh, so for like example like there will be uh, uh, vegetable vendors carts and all that uh, that will be frequent in our streets but we can't we can't find any of this there uh, they they are basically discouraged to even use public spaces uh, uh, rather than addressing homelessness or uh, that sort of uh, other elements they are just uh, inconveniencing even um, uh, other no usual people to even uh, use these public spaces uh, even though they are public they are considered as uh, like a sort of like a private space uh, do, does that mean uh, making a city or a space more livable or more more comfortable or uh, exclusively for the more uh, the privileged people and making the uh, people who are working for a daily wage or a lower middle class people uh, does that mean it is uh making the people of lower middle class to get out of the city and making the city uncomfortable for them to live in yes exactly so as i said like a design of a public space should be inclusive and accessible to all uh, it it should foster community and uh, it should actually uh, take care of the most vulnerable groups but uh, instead of that they are just uh, uh, trying to marginalize these groups and um, making a victim of their uh, of this uh, system yes i have noticed in many places that 
there are no proper sanitation facilities like toilets and they, there are not sufficient seatings provided in the public space. Uh, how do you think it will get into the point? Uh, how, how do you think it is? How do you think it has to be addressed? Uh, so there is actually a term called uh, ghost amenities like for example like uh, for in a bus stand like you should provide a, so it is a, if it is like a, there are standards and a, a place where you, have, where you have to give this n number of seatings for a given bus stand or bus stop and uh, you have to provide the public sanitation spaces like toilets uh, uh, meant this much number of menstruals, this much number of menstruals, and everything has to be provided. So, but uh, ignoring these uh, standards and um, uh, not giving uh, these uh, amenities is called actually ghost amenities. So, for example, like uh, from a commercial sort of point, uh, in for example, in malls, they don't usually give you any seatings inside the mall except for in the uh, uh, what do you say food court other than the food court you will not usually find any seating spaces inside the mall this is usually done to promote uh, uh, people should actually walk through the mall and go into the shops and buy stuff uh, mall is kind of like a semi-private uh, space it's not for uh, completely public space it's kind of like a semi-private or semi-public space uh, and it is also usually done to avoid a huge number of crowds uh, just loitering inside the mall without any purpose or anything just enjoying the AC or something so they are uh, using the kind of the same principle uh, on a public place uh, people are not given enough uh, footpaths the cities are designed in such a way that it actually discourages people to walk and get to a place and uh, you know if you are walking to a place uh, you will need public sanitation places, you will need trash bins, you will need, uh, if you are going for a longer period of time, you, you will need uh, public transport. So, uh, they are denying of these uh, amenities actually uh, suggest that uh, they don't actually want us to uh, use the public space as intended. Uh, yes, you have very well explained it. Uh, you gave us something insights, some insights about bus stand and public facilities. Uh, uh, what my question was, what I am looking, what I am viewing is, shouldn't the go governing bodies should be concerned or provide sanitation facilities to cater the issues of uncleanliness, rather than making the space or city uh, restrictive to uh, restrictive and inaccessible to certain group of people in an objective to make it clean yeah definitely they should uh, like you said it is not only these uh, you know public uh, uh, bus stands or which is not uh, only restricted the hostel architecture is not only restricted to uh, just this uh, um, bus stand or anything um, it, even even, uh, even in Chennai there are uh, you know uh, there are OSR spaces that needs to be uh, kept as a uh, uh, greenery space uh, for uh, you know in a larger uh, uh, larger plot areas. But these greeners, uh, these green spaces should be used uh, either as like a, 
uh, you know Milwaukee Forest, uh, which are uh, which have been uh, going in Chennai for uh, you know last uh, four or five years. I mean, many public spaces are being converted to that. Or you can just uh, uh, keep it as a uh, uh, park space uh, with many trees and uh, or other elements uh, where people uh, can usually come and relax. But uh, for example, in the gated communities, uh, they usually keep these OSR spaces as parks and uh, other uh, uh, other public place but it is not being given access to the public uh, outside public uh, because uh, these uh, gated communities view these spaces as only theirs they don't want uh, you know uh, people from other social economic uh, groups to come and access this public space as their own so it this uh, uh hustle architecture uh, even extends beyond uh, what we actually can see uh, in uh, in our naked eye uh, it is it has a more in depth uh, and more um, its, its roots are more uh, you know deep and uh, deep other than this uh, very specific public spaces and uh, yeah I, I agree that uh, like, like you said government should actually uh you know uh, more focused on solving the issues of uh, uh the homelessness or uh, other uh, unwanted uh, you know uh. so as you said like uh, government should actually focus on uh, solving the pro problems of homelessness or uh, unwanted usage uh, in other ways rather than restricting the access uh, to the whole of the public it should not uh, uh, be uh, the government or the governing body should not be pressured by the constituents of this of certain groups who just wants their area or their places clean uh, it should uh, the look as a whole and uh, make uh, public and uh, public reforms so for and social reforms that actually solves the problem while providing a uh, better access to the uh, whole of the general public. Can you give us a brief about how can we fight back against hostile architecture and promote uh, environmental and public space more accessible? Yeah, uh, so one of the direct approaches is you, you can actually you know stop actively uh, designing public spaces, uh, urban furniture and other elements of this uh, hostel architecture uh, and uh, stop using those and uh, replacing it with uh, more uh, uh, public friendly uh, <coughs> elements of the design. So it, this is kind of like a direct approach. Next is like as I said earlier, uh, the hostel architecture is not something hidden it's just in plain sight but many people tend to not notice it so spreading awareness among the public uh, where, where uh, uh, you know they get to know about what actually hostel architecture is so the uh, so the second part is you know spreading awareness as i said like the hostel architecture is not something that is hidden it's actually in plain sight but people tend to not notice it so the second part is actually to create awareness and uh, making the people more uh, uh, aware of how all these affect uh, them and the people who are less uh, fortunate or uh, more marginalized. Uh, 
so we need to draw attention to this issue and collectively decide that access to public spaces should be a right uh, right available to everyone so this is the second point and um, <clears throat> even uh, you can uh, on a larger scale you can uh, tie up with uh, local governing bodies or a, a local uh, um, gated community and uh, you know uh, other uh, large groups in, within a small space and uh, you can have a, maybe a forum so that people uh, become more uh, <clears throat> become more uh, what do you say like uh, more engaged in promoting yes yes more engaged in promoting the cleanliness of the space hygiene of the space rather than making it more restricted to certain group of people by promoting hostel architecture yeah yeah exactly so yeah these are the few things that uh, you can actually do to make make, make your uh, public space more accessible and uh, the societal stigmas and uh, stereotypes surrounding poverty and homelessness uh, must be set aside to create a more inclusive society where uh, their basic needs at least uh, they need a place to stay or something like that that has to be met right so we can we have to make a uh, make a space that is uh, so that this actually may addressing these kind of issues should be a priority rather than uh, installing these kinds of uh, hostel uh, uh, hostel elements of uh, architecture. Yes, we have got some interesting insights about how hostel architecture started, how it has grown in western countries and how it has evolved in India and what are the negative effects of hostel architecture in India and how it has affected the society, working class people who are working for daily wages and who are making a living out of it. Uh, we are just basically making uh, the people as uh, restricting the people from these uh, public spaces and making it more uh, exclusive for the privileged people. We should look forward to make or design spaces to make people interact and grow together as a society rather than making them alienated and, or making them as a second class citizen in a space or a society. This is how we conclude the first episode of Hostel Architecture Topic in Candid. Stay tuned for more episode weekly on the topics regarding design and architecture for the next weeks and upcoming weeks. Uh, let's look forward to see it in upcoming weeks. Stay tuned.